You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to an episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Fairby, writer for Pittsburgh Source Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I work as a production assistant at ACC Network. Folks, today we're going to talk about Jordan Addison in the Belitnikov. How likely is he to walk away with the award? He's now a semifinalist. Let's stack him up against the other nation's top receivers. Where does Jordan Addison sit? We'll also continue to break down this Virginia game a little bit. More importantly, I want to break down the Virginia defense. We haven't talked a ton about them, but what does the Virginia defense bring to the table that could potentially be harmful to Kenny Pickett and the Pitt offense, if anything? All that coming up on Locked on Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, really appreciate it. Free and available on all platforms. Make sure to leave a five-star review. All that good stuff. As you know, we're here every day, every weekday. And today we are discussing Jordan Addison and what he brings to the table to the bullet I got forward. Now, this is... Somewhat unfamiliar territory for Pitt fans. Now, Pitt has had, obviously, lots of talented receivers come through the program in, in its history. And, and that's no surprise. I mean, listen, Tyler Boyd is an NFL player. Jonathan Baldwin, even though he flamed out in the NFL, he was a first-round draft pick, right? Antonio Bryant, obviously Larry Fitzgerald. There's so many talented players that has come, have come through. Maurice French is in the NFL right now, still sticking it out up there. There's a lot of talented guys that have come through the program. And then I can go all the way back. And, you know, there's so many different guys that I could highlight, right? And the in-betweens as well. You know, Devin Street, for example, and all that. But Addison, I think, is among the best of them. And you can easily make an argument that he's the best since Larry Fitzgerald. It's that type of season that he's having right now. Addison's freshman year was good. His sophomore year is better than great. And... That's what fascinates me about Jordan Addison, what he brings to the table, because he is not just a product of Kenny Pickett, for example. This is not just a situation where, oh, it's Kenny, it's Kenny, it's Kenny. I mean, Kenny's great, and Kenny obviously makes Jordan Addison even more potent. But listen, Jordan Addison has 10 yards of separation every time Kenny Pickett throws his way. He's got really strong hands. He's got great elusiveness after the catch. So when you take Jordan Addison into consideration for everything he does as a receiver, it's not just a Kenny Pickett show. It's Jordan Addison's show, too. He co-pilots that plane along with Kenny Pickett. And I think this is something that we can look at. You know, just looking at what Jordan Addison brings to the table overall. More importantly, what do his surface stats say? Because, listen, I can talk to you guys all about deep stats, and this is what he does this well, and everything, they aren't going to consider that. Listen, receiving yards, touchdowns, receptions, all that stuff heavily considered by the Bolitnikov Award. Now, I'll tell you this, I think Addison has a very, very, very strong resume as a deep pass catcher from both alignments. 
You know, he's been targeted 19 times, 20, 20 yards or more. He's caught 16 of those 19 targets. And he has seven touchdowns all on those targets. So, you know, he's he's very productive in that area. So I can certainly make an argument for that. But when you look at Jordan Addison, it's more than just that too, right? Jordan Addison is a guy that leads the nation in touchdowns. He's tied with five other players now, but Jordan Addison does lead the nation with 11 touchdown catches. Receiving yards, he's ninth in the nation, 1,070. And, and he's putting up very impressive numbers. Now, you know, there are going to be people that look to Josh Downs, for example, you know, who has a little bit more than, than Addison in that race, in the ACC even, which is okay. But listen, Jordan Addison himself is playing at such a high level, it's hard to, 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 to go against some of the stuff he's putting out right now. The receiving touchdowns and the receiving yards are there. Those volume sets are there. It's obvious. You don't have to look far. Receiving yards per game, ninth in the nation, averaging over 100 yards. He averages only six six receptions per game. They feed him. He's third. He's got the third most targets per game, though, in the FBS. So this is a guy that's consistently targeted, too. This is a guy that gets volume. This is a guy that consistently puts up lots of numbers and high numbers. And Addison is a guy that is really, really deadly. And looking at just some some other candidates, uh, you know, Josh Downs, for example, right? That's a guy that has that essentially leads the conference of receptions per game, has has like forty percent of, of the entire team's receiving production. Addison obviously doesn't have that freakish numbers, and you can argue Downs has meant as much to North Carolina as, as Pitt has meant to you know Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison has meant to Pitt, but. It, it's it's a close battle there because these guys are, are phenomenal players. Chris Olave at, at Ohio State it has been good. Jamison Williams at, at Bama has obviously been fantastic. I, I think that much is very true. You know, there's a lot of really good players in this Bolitnikov semifinalist group. And Jordan Addison is obviously among those. And deservedly so. But let's be real here. There's plenty of other deserving candidates. And, and Addison has the surface stats to obviously be a top five candidate. I don't know if he completely has the 100% ability to win it. Now, let's see. I mean, Jareth Stearns is putting up a crazy season. So is Devin Tompkins at Utah State. A.T. Perry's playing at a high level. If Drake London was healthy, I think he wins it in a, in a breakaway. Jahan Dotson, obviously, has been phenomenal as well for Penn State. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. I think also you look at it overall, I think there, there is a definite chance here that Jordan Addison wins this. And, and I think Addison puts up as good tape, as good stats, and as I talked about, the guy has those deep passing stats that no one else approaches. And he has that efficiency at every level of the field. And he has that number one receiver, even in a very talented offense, type of vibe to him. And that's what you look at. I think, you know, the team relevancy as well, just looking at the whole 
the whole squad of, of these receivers. You know, Olave is probably, in my opinion, not even the best receiver on his team. I think Garrett Wilson is. Um, and then you, you look at James Williams, and obviously, yes, he's been phenomenal. But, you know, while he's the alpha dog, I don't know if he's the alpha dog in the same way that Addison is. Because, you know, you have John Mechie, you have Jaleel Billingsley there. I think that Pitt, you see that team, and, and it's no doubt that Jordan Addison's the alpha dog. Same with, with Jahan Dotson, right? Or, or or Bell or London or any of those guys. But the, the argument for Jordan Addison is what he makes this pit offense do and how much he attacks at all three levels in the deep passing game that he has and, and the, the screens and the efficiency and how he is, is fourth in, in the ACC and enforced missed tackles and all this stuff, right? Like, this is what he does. This is what he can do. And his all-around skill set makes him a viable candidate. I don't know if he wins it. I don't know if he wins it. It's going to be a close one, and there's a ton of really good candidates. You know, it, it's really going to be tough. Ninth in, in the league in receiving yards, that one might be a little bit too low. He might have to climb the chart a little bit more for that. First in receiving touchdowns, he's going to have to keep that up. But he has a lot of different statistics when you look deeper that showcase that. Again, that deep receiving efficiency, the yak efficiency. The, the ability to attack all three levels of the field, the catch percentage. Again, he has the second highest catch percentage in the ACC among guys with 30 or more targets. So this is a guy that catches everything too. So Jordan Addison certainly has a lot of things going for him. I don't know if he'll win the Blitnikoff, but I think he is a strong candidate to potentially get there. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit about what Pitt's offensive line kind of has to do and, and looking at the injuries to Jake Cradle and Gabe Hoy and how they might adjust to this, even if they have Hoy. However, folks, first I want to let you guys know about Maiden. Have you ever wondered how your favorite restaurant consistently makes such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home here's the rundown folks maiden produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook they source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup maiden products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee their cookware distributes heat evenly can go and can easily go on a stovetop or the oven They have 40,000 plus five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants all around the world. Maiden, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 50% off on your first order with the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's 15% off your first order with our promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. Go to maidencookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use our promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off on your first order. That's maidencookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Maiden, better cookware for better meals. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Thank you, as always, for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. We haven't really talked about this all that much, and and I probably should have talked about this earlier in the week because I think as we look at 
this game and overall what it means to Pitt and what North Carolina was able to do to slow down Pitt's offense, what is the big story? And, and essentially, why? Why did it happen? And then you watch the tape and a lot of it comes to it comes to head, right? So Pitt was missing their starting right tackle with Gable Hoy, who got injured against Duke. And then, of course, Jay Cradle got hurt on, what, the second play of the game against North Carolina and did not return. So Pitt was starting Blake Zubovich and Matt Gonsalves at right guard and right tackle, respectfully. And listen, I, those guys have put in quality work before for Pitt, so I have no reason... I had no reason not to be confident in them. However, they turned out to be issues. They really did. Now, there are excuses for that. The short week of prep, you know, Zubovich maybe not playing to his natural side, for example. You know, maybe he's a better left guard, and, and that's something. Good solve maybe he's a better left tackle than right tackle. And, you know, maybe while they can play both spots, it's not easy just to flip sides. It, who's a natural right guard? It might not be Zubovich. Is is Gonzalez a natural right tackle? I mean, last year he played left tackle, right? So it, it's a completely different story. So here's the issue. You know, they're getting Hoy back is what it sounds like. It sounds like Gabe Hoy will play against Virginia. I don't think Jake Cradle will. Narduzzi really bounced around that question. Really didn't seem to be very enthusiastic about it. And that that's enough to read into saying Jake Cradle probably isn't going to play this week and maybe not back at all this year. So... Here's the thing. You have to figure out how to minimize pressure to the right side. And what's your best lineup? Is it Gonsalves at right tackle and kicking Hoy into guard? Is it continuing to plug and play Zubovich? I don't know. But here's the thing. And, and it's kind of my opinion. I would rather put the natural right tackle at right tackle. Because again, we know Matt Gonsalves is a guy that has looked really good at left tackle left tackle and I want to make that very specific while he has looked good at times at right tackle you saw what he put out on tape at the UNC game right played fine against Duke he played fine against Duke once Hoy went out but Gonsalves is a guy that while he's being trained to be a swing tackle he might just be more comfortable on the left side and that's my theory when I watch him go from right to left his kick slide is more natural to the left his hands are, are more natural to the left. Everything is more natural because people don't realize how hard it is to flip sides as an offensive lineman. Because when you flip from left to right, you change your post foot. You change your inner and outer hand. You, so, you, so everything is essentially flipped and reversed. And while that might seem simple, it's not an easy switch when you're having that much muscle memory from the other side. So guys that can do swing tackle on both sides extremely well have my... Un, uh, just absolutely unadoring respect. I mean, I cannot tell you how hard it is to do both. And Gonsalves is a guy that I think really tries to do both. But I think he's a better left tackle. So what do you do? I, I frankly think you start Hoyt right tackle and you just go with Zubovich. They were both bad, though. And we have to understand that. They were both bad against UNC. And I'll say this, I think it they, while they were both bad, there, there's kind of two things to this. One, they were bad. Some of them didn't pick up their 
blitz stunts at, at times. They were beaten badly. The sack, obviously, Gonsalves was just completely whipped around the edge by a speed rush. Couldn't get to his spot. Couldn't get his hands and run him around the arc. And that was kind of that. That was essentially that. Got beat by a wide nine with a speed rush and good burst. And now Virginia doesn't have great pass rushers. But still, neither really does UNC. I mean, they have some talent. They have the star numbers. They have the athleticism. But it doesn't mean that Virginia is going to be all that much worse in that department. And, and I don't think they truly are. So when I look at what they have to do, it's, first of all, really practice stunts. If it's Zubovich starting with Hoy or Hoy starting with, with Gonzalez, whatever it might be, whatever lineup they are choosing to employ, these guys need to practice picking up stunts and communicating with each other. They had nine days to do it. It's a longer week. You need to get them communicating at the very least. It won't be perfect, trust me, but you need to be making them communicate at a high level. And and the, this is the thing. One game for Gonzalez doesn't throw out the other good games this guy's had over his career. It could just be a rough game on a short week. It's okay. Everyone has bad days. So you can trust him still, clearly. But is he one of the five best O-linemen? Probably not, you know. He might be the sixth best. I'd be inclined to do that, but here's the thing. I think the biggest thing for Pitt is that they do not allow the interior pressure. I felt that's what got to Kenny Pickett because when you allowed that interior pressure off the right side, that's when Kenny Pickett had to start running for his life and starting to bail clean pockets and start getting a little bit tense in that pocket because they were getting after him and hitting him. And that's the biggest thing is you can't have that interior pressure coming. It doesn't matter. It's it's obvious. I mean, I don't need to state that interior pressure is harder to deal with than edge pressure. It just is. And Pickett can, can mitigate edge pressure. He's a really good manager of the pocket. He is. The issue is, it's hard to beat interior pressure regardless. You know, he can make magic happen, but chances are your offense is going to greatly suffer from bad interior line play that can't protect the quarterback. So anything they do, whether that's playing Hoy, whether they feel it's Zubovich, whoever can slot in there at guard and they feel is the best option with Cradle probably out, that's your best option, period. It's period. Like, that's what you have to do. Your guard play has to be substantially at a, at a varsity level. If I was to steal Mike Tomlin terms, it has to be at a varsity level this week. And really, the rest of the weeks, if they don't get Cradle back, you know, it has to be at a high level. And the O-line is a sneaky dictator of this game because if it does turn into a shootout with Brennan Armstrong, that interior line could potentially be the downfall of Pitt on a few of their offensive positions. So we'll see what they do. I'm going to say that they probably end up going Zubovich and Hoy, but it wouldn't surprise me if they kick Hoy inside and then play Gonsalves at right tackle, depending on who they feel is the best guy to play inside and mitigate that interior rush. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit about Virginia's defense proper. Who's the stand-up players and all of that. However, folks, first I want to let you know about BetOnline.ag. 
BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. With a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. All you have to do is head over to their updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code Locked On. On from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk Virginia defense, just the personnel, you know. We'll talk a little bit about scheme and all that stuff later in the week, but let's talk about some standout players on this Virginia defense because obviously this is a defense that has been shredded this year. All you had to do was watch BYU and watch the Notre Dame game and watch how many missed tackles. This team has second most missed tackles in the ACC on this defense, and this is a really bad tackling defense. They do not tackle well. They often turn what would not be an explosive play into an explosive play. And all you have to do is watch what Kyron Williams and, and Tyler Algier did to this defense to to look at truly how pitiful this defense is in tackling in space. So, what am I saying? Izzy Abandicanda might have a big game, yes. Izzy Abandicanda is going to be a nice X-factor in this game, I think. But personnel-wise, who is at least a standout? Is there anyone on this team that looks good? And I will say there is. Noah Taylor, their linebacker. This is a guy that actually has some legit juice to his game. 61 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, 3.5 sacks, 4 pass breakups, 3 quarterback hits. This is a guy that plays at a this rank pace level. I mean, he flies around the field. Whenever you watch Virginia you're going to see Noah Taylor flying around the football, whether it's in coverage, whether it's in the running game, whether it's blitzing, whatever. This guy plays at edge. He plays off ball. He does it all. Noah Taylor, I would say, pound for pound, is probably the best player on this defense. Really, really good football player for them. Another linebacker, Nick Jackson. This guy does a lot as well, always around the football. How about 95 tackles, 4.5 for a loss. Only one sack, six quarterback hits, though, and two pass breakups on the season. When you look at Nick Jackson, a lot of similar ways to Taylor, except Taylor is more explosive. He's got more juice, I think, behind him. Um, and Jackson's more of this downhill thumper that kind of just plays with a cerebral nature and really loves to just hit dudes. Uh, he's he's a very physical guy, probably the shortest tackler on the team uh, as well. The issue is, again, that speed and that athleticism that he doesn't possess can sometimes get him into trouble. And that's definitely the, maybe the biggest thing uh, overall when you kind of look at this entire thing. You, you look and you say, oh boy, this is definitely the biggest thing. And and I think overall, Pitt is going to be able to exploit that. And, and that's something But those two guys are really good and so is Joey Blunt. You know, Joey Blunt plays a special position in their scheme called a saber. What the heck is a saber? Yeah, I'm guessing you're wondering. Well, Saber is essentially a slot corner 
that also plays strong safety and also comes down to the box. It's kind of like the Viper position at Michigan, if you will. Um, they play everywhere. Joey Blunt is that guy, and he will be all around the football. You know, 73 tackles on the year. He's got two picks. He's got three pass breakups. He can do anything from playing cover to safety to blitzing off the edge. That's the type of stuff that they use Joey Blunt in. He's a physical force. Now, he's a true missile, and he'll be a guy that will miss tackles. I'll say that. But he's a guy that plays that multidimensional role, can play in all different areas of the field, and you always have to watch where he is because the guy's a ball hawk, and he's got great eyes. Even if he doesn't have great tackling ability at times, he absolutely has great eyes, and he'll hit you hard. He has good ball skills. Joey Blunt, Noah Taylor, Nick Jackson, your top three guys to watch. You know, overall, this team doesn't get many sacks. And that's that's the big issue for them. They just don't get many sacks. They only have 12 sacks on the year. They only have 24 quarterback hits on the year. So while I was talking about all those O-line concerns, this has not been a defense that has gotten after the quarterback much. This has not been a defense that has played at a high level enough in the pass rush. They don't have much. Most of it coming from their linebackers. Listen, their linebackers are their top two sack getters. Noah Taylor is a linebacker. And that's the thing. It's it's not great out here for Virginia. Now, if you want to look at a pass rusher that might bring something to the table, it's Mandy Alonzo. More of a power guy than an explosive guy. But Alonzo has solid hands. He's got a good bull rush. Got a nice chop rip move. So he'll be a guy to watch. And they can line him up on that right side. So watch out for him. Potentially Mandy Alonzo usually playing at that right DN spot. So it's definitely something to watch there. But outside of him, man, this D-line just is pretty lackluster. And it should be a big game for the pick ground game. That's what it's looking like right now. Personnel-wise, again, there's just not a ton to look at, but I think Blunt is a really dangerous player that Pitt absolutely has to watch for. Very feast or famine type player, but, man, if he booms, that's when you can get into trouble with this Virginia defense at times if they can start to force some turnovers. Noah Taylor's a really talented football player, um, and Nick Jackson's also a really solid football player, cerebral in nature. Um, it, overall, their run defense is pretty solid. Now, I don't, I don't think their corners are terrible either. Um, they have some talent at cornerback, um, and in the secondary, it's not porous to say their run defense is absolutely porous though. And while I don't think that their their pass defense is terrible, it's certainly not great either. So the personnel overall in this is pretty lackluster. Pitt should be able to outman them personnel wise, offensively against their defense. All right, folks, tomorrow it's Thursday, and certainly we have lots of topics to discuss in that Pitt's receiver depth continues to be tested with more and more injuries. Can they overcome that down the stretch? We'll talk about that tomorrow. However, before we get out of here, I want to talk about Locked On Bets, let you guys know about it. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. Make sure to check it out. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.